Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Halen McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, gosh, it is just a, I'm recording this on a, at the beginning of December. You all will hear this towards the end of December, um, but it's a beautiful day in uh, Los Angeles. And um, I am delighted to have my friend Alina Anderson on the show today. Welcome. Hi, Kaylin. It's great to be here. It's sunny where I am in Northern California too. Oh my gosh. Where in Northern California are you? Remind me. I live in a town called Grass Valley and it's like between Sacramento and Tahoe. Right. Yeah. Did Grass Valley get like an influx of people in the pandemic? It did. I'm sure. Yes. I am from here, like born here. Um, Mm -hmm. I was raised overseas which is its own story, but I was born here from here. And yeah, it's been, we got a, we got a lot more city folk, which <laughs> has some downsides and honestly has some true upsides. Oh, interesting. What are the upsides? Um, they have money. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We love that. We like the money. Um, sometimes the money is a bummer because they, they buy the housing and oh, then right. or they use they, they do the rentals or they buy the old beautiful houses. And then kind of the, the locals can't afford <laughs> the locals can't afford to live here. That's a downside. Mm, yep. Major um, downside. But in terms of the money being a perk, it's like, they also come with cool ideas and want to invest in different local mm-hmm. projects or like get a new business up and running. And so there's kind of a, a resurgence of like, cool things downtown and more things to do. And they spend money on the, on like local, there's a lot of local artists in this area. So I think people that like our local artists are doing well. Oh, love that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I just had imagined. I mean, every time you post like about grass Valley, I'm like, wow, it just looks so amazing. (laughs) I really, I mean, you really do it justice. I do. I do it justice. It's like with, with anything it's, it's, it's very layered, right? It's an, yeah. it's a mining town, an old right. mining town. It has one of the most successful gold mining town, gold mine, gold mines in all of California empire mine. Um, oh gosh, then the native people, the Nisanon never ceded this land. So they never said you can, you can have it. You can be here. Um, the, the slaughtering of native people in California was atrocious um, because like on the East coast, they had started to figure out vaguely how to, how to be in the same areas peacefully, but on the West coast, because of all the gold, it was just like a madhouse, And it was just a bunch of men coming out here to get the gold. 
And, um, yeah, so it's actually like an incredibly violent history. Um, so it's, it's very multi-layered. It's also a very cute, quaint town, you know, like top hotels in California, like, (laughs) like destination wedding location. And, you know, on top of like unnamed burial sites and like mass graves and it's, it's messy. Right. Well, and I just, um, I so appreciate your, like your connection to the land. Like, it's like, I'm already feeling it right in this, in the beginning of this conversation, just your connection to the history and like just the honoring of that, you know? So, um, I want to slow down for a minute and just tell people, uh, who you are and, um, and then we will just, uh, we will just dive in. So, um, I, gosh, I met Alina. We met a couple, gosh, two or three years ago at this point, we've only met in person once, (laughs) but I remember our mutual friend was like, oh my gosh, you were coming to LA. And our mutual friend was like, you gotta meet Alina. (laughs) And I just remember we took this, the most gorgeous, like beach walk and walk through Venice. And we just had this like flowy conversation and, Um, that was at a time when I was like really establishing my roots, like on the West coast and sort of like finding my footing and figuring out like, Oh, like, where do I fit in over here? And I remember the experience of being with you was like, Oh, wow. Like there are people, there are women like this, like in my community everywhere. Like I'm so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) And so you were really, you know, sort of the beginning of just like this, this thread of all these people that I've met over the years, um, here in LA. So it's, uh, it's such an honor to like, have you here today. (laughs) Um, so what else do I want to say now that y'all know about, um, you know, sort of how Alina and I met, Um, I think the thing that I want you to know about like who she is in the world, like when I think of Alina, I was asking her before we recorded, I was like, what is your, do you have an official title? Do you want me to introduce you a certain way? You know, and I love people that are like, yeah, no, it's all good. Like, however you want it to be, Um, you know, because that just, it's like, uh, there's not a particular identity that you can put on a woman like Alina. So my perception of Alina's work is that, um, you know, she's just like so deeply connected to mother earth and nature and like listening to the land. Um, and she actually has a degree in earth science from UC Berkeley. Um, and so in addition to that, it's like, she had all of that already as a foundation. And then she went on a feminine path, you know, similar, similar path to me. Some, some of, we share some of the same teachers, Um, and then has really taken all of that, the feminine work, the, you know, the, the science really, and then woven it into the work that she does now, which is like helping businesses and and entrepreneurs, um, really find their creativity and like grounding that in mother nature. It's like we, and listening to the wisdom of, um, of the earth which is the feminine, 
And so I just have never had a conversation quite like this one on the show. And so I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen or where we're going to go, but I'm just like, I'm really turned on about the like coming back home to the land and what, how we can use that wisdom, um, everywhere in life and, you know, including in our creativity and our businesses. How did I do? A plus. A plus. Yeah. Like a plus plus. And then if we were in fifth grade, like a few like golden stars on oh the paper, stickers, golden oh, star stickers. I love, I collected those. As a- <laughs> my parents were both elementary school teachers. So we had a lot oh. of things like stickers around the okay. house. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love that. Well, let's just start at the beginning. Um, what, like, what is it, what, it, what propels a, uh, a woman with two teachers as parents, which I just learned, uh, to go into earth sciences? Like, it's just not a, I mean, I don't even, I guess maybe we had that at my college. I don't even know, but it's like, it's just not the thing, right. That you grow up thinking like, wow, you know what I want to do. It's just like, like, it's like, if you're going to go into science, like I'm going to be a doctor or like all kids want to be like a veterinarian, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. What was the pull to the earth? Clearly you had a pull, right? Clearly I had it. I know it's, um, well, I actually went to college to study chemistry. Um, and so backtracking a couple steps, I think it's important to know that I grew up in Asia for 14 years of my life. Um, My parents decided to teach at international schools when I was quite young. So I was in Kobe, Japan and New Delhi, India for in in, those combined 14 years. Um, I graduated high school in New Delhi, India at an international school. And so already off the bat, I had a very unique childhood where I was traveling a lot. Um, it sounds so fancy. Like, I, I mean, I get yeah. traveling and like, I mean, I think I do. It, it is something like, I think I literally had been to 40 countries by the time I was 20. Um, and that sounds, wow. you know, like, wow, yeah. but really <laughs> when you think about it, America just has these giant oceans on both sides of it. And it's a really big country. Right. But when you're not in America, it's really easy to get to different countries because they're a lot smaller. So, and they're on the same continent. So it's like, you know, New Delhi, India to like Cambodia or Thailand or Nepal or even Turkey is is not that long of a flight. So just want to put it out there. Global perspective. It's, it sounds fancier than it really is. It just kind of makes sense when you're over there. Mm -hmm. Um, But Right away, I think that very much set me up with a different perspective, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, so I had that coming in. And then I really liked sciences. Um, and I, when I was even in high school, I really liked this idea of bringing like femininity into the sciences. What? Shocking. How, how Shocking that you, I'm still what? doing that. How did you like ha- uh, get that? Is it, I'm like, 
I just remember hating science. Okay. Yeah. It was like right? always the thing that I literally would like take those standardized tests and it would be like math. You're insanely brilliant. Like English, you're like all, almost insanely brilliant. <laughs> right. And then like, science, you're like low medium. You're like, you know, we're going to just give you like slightly average on science. Like <laughs> I'm going to let you pass. So you literally, I would be, I was always just so bummed out because I just was, it was not my thing. So how, how did you get this hit around the feminine and the earth at that age? <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting talking with you about it because I, I think in a certain way, it was just very much there. So I think, I, I think I have a brain that, so like my company is called Bloom Lucid. First word, very feminine, very natural yeah. bloom. Second word, lucid, uh, light, but also this sense of clarity or knowing things, mm -hmm. um, understanding things. And my brain really works that way. It it can see a situation and backtrack to find the pieces and kind of uh, decouple things. I have a very researcher sciencey brain. Yeah. So truly a lot of it's just nature. Like it's just who I am. It's, I didn't, yeah. I was You're good like, at science. This is just your essence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then basically, so then I'm sitting in these science classes, totally getting it being in, you know, in my own version of rapture, like, yes, you know, and even chemistry, like other people are like, fuck chemistry. And I was like, oh, you know, this world and like how it all connects. And I just, I just loved it. And then, and yet at the same time, it was so freaking dry. Luckily I had this amazing chemistry teacher in a high school. She was a woman. And mm -hmm. um, so I had a role model of what it could look like to both get this world, but have humor and joy and creativity and femininity inside of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, I think it's just like my two parts of my essence, this kind of yeah. ecstatic feminine earth centered, very sweet, compassionate being. Uh, and then this other part of me that's, you know, very science research minded. And I just had the two. And so I was like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really a mission. Like I'm right. going to do set this. my mind to this. And yeah, it was like, no, this is just who I am. And clearly it's needed in the world because science is boring as fuck. And right. people don't do it justice. It's so disconnected. It's so disconnected right. from feminine people, um, oh which sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. What a missed opportunity. I'm like, you're literally the only human that I know that is having this conversation like this, you know? Great. Good. <laughs> Gives me some room. Gives me some room. Glad I don't have yeah. to compete, you know? Oh, there is so much. Speaking of competition, that's why I didn't study chemistry in college in the end. I got, I got to UC Berkeley, which was my dream school. Having yeah. lived overseas, I was like, I want to come home and I want to go to UC Berkeley being from Northern California, worked my ass off little too hard, killed my soul slightly, but got into UC Berkeley as you do when you're 18, you potentially. <laughs> um, and I got there and I found, I didn't really know, but it's like a top school in chemistry. And so I realized that to actually study chemistry there, I was going to have to compete with all these other people that wanted to study chemistry. And I said, oh. I'm not interested in that. I don't, I'm not really interested in 
competing intense sense of competition. Oh. Yeah. All the pre-med, I was going to have to compete with all the pre-med Berkeley students. And I was oh, like, no, 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 no. Thank you. Um, We're yeah. not doing that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So what started unfolding with the feminine and the earth then for you? I think college was more of a sense of the earth. Like I straight up studying physical geography and earth sciences. Yeah. Um, and which I really wanted to do. I went through the entire catalog of, of majors and picked my major based off of the courses in it and what I really wanted to take. And I picked mm -hmm. that major. I looked at the courses and I was like, that's exactly what I want to study. Um, and then ironically, I, I was going more of the kind of traditional uh, disciplined route. Uh, I had a, I got a paid internship with NASA. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, and then this is where it gets interesting. Okay. So then I turned it down to work at a trash company in San Francisco. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Where I used the same skills. So it's like this really intense computer mapping that I had set part of what I had studied. And that's what the NASA internship was for. Um, yeah. And it's also the same software that I was going to use map mapping the trash routes in San Francisco for Recology, the like green trash company they have. And, um, and that one just spoke to me more. I think something new in me that if I picked this NASA route, I was gonna have to really tighten up. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, something about my heart. It felt very simple. It was like my heart. And, and I really, some part of me after traveling for so much of my childhood, I really liked the idea of being able to stay put in the Bay area and be around be set home land. It was like, I didn't really want, I wasn't ready. Not even not ready. I, I didn't want to move. I didn't want to uproot myself. And still to this day, I have this fascination disgust with trash and why, why as a very intelligent civilization in many ways we have trash. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. So, so I stayed in the Bay area and that's really where this deep calling of truly studying the feminine and the female body and sexuality. And I would say very simply like getting in our, the lower half of our body, mm -hmm. um, getting out of the mind into the body, um, getting out of thought and reason and getting into eroticism um, pleasure. And then basically like learning how to titrate those forces, how to titrate the mind with the body, how to titrate logic and reason with eroticism. Mm -hmm. um, not that one, not that one is better than the other, but we're just in a, such a top, such a top heavy mind, heavy society. Mm -hmm. And my, my growing up was, is very evidence of that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of killing myself to get into the school that I wanted to prove that my mind was great to be able to influence science by doing it their way. And then, yeah. you know, making it, making it in and then being like, Hey, I'm a little bit different. And instead, um, 
years later, I'm, I'm doing the same thing that I intended to like a decade later, we're kind of in the same spot I wanted, but in a much, I feel much better about it. Um, I've kind of gone on a different path to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I love all of this. Um, I want to hear you rant about trash for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Like, I've never had anyone rant. on the show that said, uh, I have a fascination with trash. Uh, I hate trash so much, so much. Gosh. Yeah. Like more than anyone I've ever met. Do I hate trash? So, uh, so living, living, okay. Living in Japan, there's like five different trash cans. So when you throw something away, you, there's not, you're not throwing something away. You're like, there's this type of recycle, this type of recycle, this type of recycle. And then throw away is actually um, combustible. They burn it because they don't have very much land on the island. And then they also have like a compost. So it's like green matter, combustible, and then three different types of recycling. Yeah. So already there's not really trash, you know, everything has its right spot. So that's kind of what I, that was like my, you know, my, my ages two to seven was like, hello. Everything has yes. a spot. And then in India, uh, it's real different and, and trash ends up everywhere. And the, the school I lived at, like the property we lived on next door was a very large, they called it a jugi, but really, and if you translated it, it's like slum. Um, mm-hmm. And in the winter, they burn trash. They just burn like piles of trash uh, as a way to keep warm. So the air is like thick with the smell of trash and trash on the streets, cows eating trash, dogs eating trash. You see rivers and the rivers are just piled with trash. So it's like the epitome of grossness, but probably not even the same way someone else would think of gross, not like icky. To me, as someone who has whatever connection I have with the earth, I can like I feel it in my body. It's a very somatic experience. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, it feels like blackheads, like blocked fucking pores. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the best way I can think about it. It's like, it doesn't need to be there. Trash can be sorted. We can have laws and systems. When you build something, you also know how to take it apart. Um, There's no reason compost, um, like cute, huge industrial compost can work great. There's so many ways that the technology exists to not have trash, but somehow we have trash in landfills. We just stuff it in the earth. It's almost like, it's like, instead of like a, it's like someone like forcing you to have huge blackheads on your body, right? like Like stuffing it in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that shit doesn't go away. It's like, that landfill just stays and oozes and seeps whatever the hell is in it until one day that continent maybe collides with another continent and like earth squishes together hard enough that it makes it into rock in like 500 million years. So it's like, it's humiliating what we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a river that can just, Oh, like it just washes it away. It's like, Right. No, 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 no. It's no. like going to be there for it's a while. It's going to be there. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be there. Like <laughs> it doesn't have to be there. Yeah. So this, this there you go. That's my rant on trash right there. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Um, wow. Totally. 
I, uh, I just appreciate, um, I appreciate your, your, uh, like you're clearly so committed to this and I appreciate your lightness about it. You know, <laughs> I think so often in the activism world, there's like just a lot of seriousness and oh, seriousness. just like very little play. Oh yeah. They're and like dying on the inside. Yeah. They're the like, they're world. like, this is what I, what I'm really getting present to in this conversation is like, this is what turned on activism <laughs> and sound like. You know, <laughs> like it feels so good in my body to hear your rant on trash. <laughs> Winning. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you. So um, let's see where we want to go next. Well, you know, I just actually think I, um, I just want to hear a little bit about like what is turning you on right now in your connection to the earth. Mm. <laughs> It's a really solid question. What is, um, recent, just in the last couple of days, I've started listening to this audio book again that I've, I started a couple of years ago. It's like 40 hours long and oh. it's really dense. It's called how the earth works oh. and it's a college course. It's one of those great courses. Oh, courses. Wow. It's a college course about how the earth works. And so nothing in it. I mean, sure. I hear things that I probably haven't heard before, but in general, it's all stuff that I've studied, but like, you know, when you love what you study, you, you got to hear it again. You want to come back to it. So I'm listening to it and I, I found myself just naturally listening and then pausing and taking something that I heard and writing it down on a note on my phone so I could come back to it later and kind of, he's just talking about science, but then the way I see it is kind of these over like overlapping aspects of us being, a. am always curious about how we and how, how we as women, as humans, operate and how earth created us. And so we're like, how can we look back at how earth works as a way to better understand both ourselves and our natural way of doing things, but then especially in this modern world where at large, we're all very aware that culturally we're getting quite disconnected from earth and it's causing some serious issues. Um, and so it's like, kind of getting back to just the, the root knowledge there, instead of saying like, oh, let's fix it. Let's fix that by blah, blah, blah. I'm more curious, like what happened? Like just what are the essences of earth? Like what happened? Like mm. in the same way that a pendulum swings both ways, I feel like as a species, we're, we're swinging really far one way into reason and logic and um, things being incredibly organized and computerized. And I don't actually think it's bad. I don't, I mean, I don't think those things per se are bad at all. Like I love them. That's like a part of my brain. I freaking love, but I do think the pendulum is really far in one direction. Um, and we're seeing the repercussions of that as society, but also just in ourselves, you know? Um, mm. So I'm just, 
and like some of the things you pointed at, like activism is activism doesn't really work, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm just curious, like, wait, like, but we're from earth, like earth made us. So maybe we are, we're, maybe we're, yeah, we're these spirits in these bodies, but I think the, the modern world and religion for the last few thousand years has been like, ah, the spirit, spirit up, look up spirit, you know, our minds, our hearts, uh, the masculine look above, look to the sun. And I'm like, okay, solid. Love it. Love these things. And like, look down, what the fuck is down and like white instead of black, like, okay, let's go black, go, go down, go black, go in, get in the body, get in the sex, have sex, like all these, all these things that are lower down. Um, Mm -hmm. and to me, earth science, earth science is a newer science. Um, not so much like nature and biology and studying the things we see on the surface of the earth, but in terms of actually knowing how rocks move and the core of the earth and what's inside the earth, that's, that's only been around play tectonics has only been recognized as a way of understanding the world since 1970. Um, so it's very new, big picture. So I'm like, okay, how do we use earth science as a way to study the down, the below, the in, the feminine? Whoa. Uh, wow. Go down. <laughs> go fucking down. Go down. Bitches, go down. Everyone go, go down. No. Oh my gosh. When I tell women, hey, like you're going to need to be willing to go down. <laughs> on the feminine path they're like what desire what do you mean (laughs) you mean like what like a like like a couple sick days what i thought i was signing up for desire led life (laughs) yeah yeah what do you mean by i want i thought we were just going for that red porsche like come on kaylin what do you mean i thought we were going for like the sexiest man of my dreams just showing up god it's so humiliating wow um yeah that just felt so good well, I would, I would love to hear like, um, what, uh, what wisdom like you have found in going down, like in mm. going, being willing to go all the way down into the mm. earth and, and into your body and all of it. Uh, now that is an excellent question. Um, I think I have morsels of it. You know, I have, I have I definitely have pieces and wisdom that I found and will totally share. And I think that's exactly the phase I'm in, in my journey is Mm. I've been down and I've been, and so like starting to the lucid part of my business, starting to put it into words and starting to put it into Mm. teachings and, um, Right now it's like, I can feel it in my body, but still that piece of translating it for other people to be able to use better is definitely where I'm Mm -hmm. at in my personal journey. Um, Mm. So that is an important piece. Yeah. (laughs) It's crucial. One might say actually. Yeah. And, and like, I, I mean, I imagine you like probably spent years like down Yes. Years. Right. Down. <laughs> years. Divorce, uh, moving, uh, yeah. broke, uh, 
health back going out, health issues, gaining weight. Not that not everyone's downs can look different, but those, Mm -hmm. you know, those are yours. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah. And you're, yeah, I just want to call this out. It's like, it can take some time. Like if you Mm. actually want like the real true thing to come through you and like, you want your feminine to come through you inevitably at some point, you're going to have to like go down and let go of some things. Yes. So I think (laughs) that exact thing is one of, so just as that's one of the things that you teach and work on your clients with, uh, I would say this, it's the same thing that I see from the earth science perspective of mm-hmm. like you talk about desire and getting, getting down, get like letting the things drop off and the sense of getting right. down to your, your true feminine. And I'm from what you said, I'm getting a sense of like your mm-hmm. true desires, not, not like your compensatory right. desires of maybe what you I, think yeah, because your parents wanted it for you, but what you, what you really want. Right. So, uh, when I, when I take that and overlap it with earth, I'm seeing the same things. So the way the earth moves, so the way the surface of the earth moves and and the plates on the surface of the earth move plate tectonics are like huge chunks of very large rock that have the continents and the ocean on them. And they move around and they, uh, we, we think of um, Pangaea as like this one time giant continent where all the continents were connected and then it broke up and here we are. But there's yeah. actually been like 10 of those. It's like, <laughs> it's ha- like, it, it okay, happens. I'm they, learning new things all yeah, the time. They Thank break you. up on one side, they reform yeah. on the other side, they break up in different ways. So the continents have been moving around the planet for a very long time. This is plate tectonics, simply put. And the the force that has that happen is actually when you bring, when you come all the way down to it, it's the, the heat in the core of the earth. That heat is the force that ends up through a variety of processes of moving magma. That heat from the very center of the earth is the thing that's moving the plates on the surface of the earth. So I look at it the same as like, getting down to the true essence of yourself and your true femininity. And, and it doesn't even have to be femininity, like just truly who you are um, and truly, truly what you want and truly what you're devoted to and like the core mm. of your being. And that Whoa. is the force that moves Whoa. everything on the surface. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just getting this like, wow, this like beautiful visual of this. I can just feel it in my body. Oh my gosh. It's like this, this like, and it takes a while for that heat to like get to a point where it can actually move the what's on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. The heat has to be strong enough. And then I I would, this is, I don't quite know how to layer this one with the earth stuff yet, but what you were saying, like you have to, you have to remove the extra layers. Like, you, mm-hmm. like, um, maybe it's something when I, when I actually think of it from the earth's perspective, more like the heat from the core is going to be moving things on the surface, no matter what, 
But when you can get all the excess layers off, you have a lot more agency. Um, It's like it's mm, like, you know, what's going on. I think when there's a lot of the other layers on top of it, it's happening, but you feel really kind of victimized by it um, or confused by it. And this version is like, it's happening and you know, it's happening. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love this. (laughs) I will not forget about that visual for a while. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same thing that you teach and work with people on and that you're pointing at. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's so that's seriously, that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Cause it's just like, this is just another access point for me or for anyone who's listening to this. It's like, it's all the same conversation, you know? Uh, but I love the, just like, I love just different analogies and imagery. Like that is the kind of stuff that just sticks with me. Yeah. And I think of, you know, when I'm like, oh, I want to look outside of me and fix a problem. It's like, no, I have to come back to my body. Mm. That's all that matters at the end of the day. I think people think often too, because we've been for thousands of years, we've been looking at God as separate and above Mm -hmm. um, and spirit based that for about 5,000 years (laughs) and um, as globally, as a global culture at this point. Um, But my perspective is that we're not, like we're not separate from earth. Like these are earth bodies, like earth created us. Like mm-hmm. we humans are a, are a beautiful blend of spirit meeting material. Um, and so and and it's and and we we've we've lost these ways of listening to the below. And I think it's, And, and yeah, it's like, this is an access way to, to get there. And also I think this perspective is like big picture. This is what's really happening. Like it's, it's far larger than our human bodies. It's like the earth herself is going, Oh, 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 Hey bitches. Like, no, no. Like, like you're not just spirit. Like you forgot you know, you're both, you're both. Yeah. You're part of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like, we so forget that. Wow. Yeah. It's so insidious at this point, like the fear of dying, like what to do with dead bodies, like all these things that are actually just hella normal, you know, like people die, you stick them in the earth, they decompose, like it's been going on for forever. It's actually not that big of a deal. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And the, and like the divinity in that as well. Right. Um, Right. 
yeah, just like trusting your soul's path and the journey, you know? And like, you know, it's like, my soul is playing an infinite game. We're just in this lifetime playing this lifetime's version of it, but I can't wait to see what happens next lifetime. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, um, I would love to hear just like how you are seeing some of these creative processes and just this connection, connection to the earth, um, playing out just in business, you know, in general, whether that's your business or your clients' businesses. Um, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm noticing from, so for, about a decade, I've worked in people's businesses on the side of like administration, organization, project management, um, really have my hands in like people's businesses and especially businesses that were started from someone's passion, like mm -hmm. some, some entrepreneurial spirit who got a business going. Um, and in the worlds of psych psychology and uh, therapy and personal growth and coaching, basically a lot of different ways of, of transformation. And I started seeing that the people who start the businesses, they start it from a vision. They, they, they start it because something in them is going basically like the core, the, the heat, the heat of the earth, their, their personal core, right. That, that force had them start this business. But then once we start the business, um, um, we get really wrapped up in how to do it, how to have it run, having to you start to get support or hire people. And then those people are, you, you know, coming to you, reporting to you. So I noticed that the founders basically would get kind of mired, mirrored, mired in, in the thick of it. Right. And um, they'd lose touch with the vision. And then the whole thing would get kind of confusing and kind of lose its joy. People would burn out. Um, mm -hmm. It just would start like next decisions would start to become unclear, a lot of fogginess or confusion. And then I would notice that there would be like, what I ended up doing is basically coming into these businesses and sure I would do my job, but the thing that was happening invisibly, like un under me just doing my job was that I would get enough things off of their plate. Like I would be interested, personally interested in how to free them back up. And then they would get their creativity back and they would get their vision back. And basically like the, the heat of that core had the ability to then come through there and, and make an impact. Mm -hmm. um, and people, it's like, I would be so loved for what I did but I was very aware that like my actual skills, you know, were not that much better than like a lot of other people's skills. Um, so I had to get curious. I'm like, thanks guys. Like, I really appreciate that you love me, but like, 
I genuinely have to look at this for myself because I'm actually not that, I'm not like that brilliant at like admin or organization. You know, other people are hella more organized than I am. Um, so I, I, it was, it was like, okay, no, what's actually going on? And, and it was the sense it's like, right. The, the visionary aspect of them, the reason they started the thing to begin with, which is the driving force for the business. Um, mm. Like it, it, it got muddled. It got layered. It got thickness put on it. Um, and so that's at this point, that's what I do with people. Like I've kind of moved from, I still work with a couple businesses that I really love, but instead of taking on any more clients where I'm actually truly inside and running someone's business from the inside, I do more consulting work. And that's what I'm doing with my clients is like, right. How can we get different things off your plate? Like how can we use clarity, lucidity, understanding, organization, some good systems that work for you? Um, How do we get things off your plate and get you feeling clear and more relaxed and in your body and settled right? so you can get in touch with the vision again? Because then, you know, like, I don't have the answers for your business. You know, you have the answers. It's just getting them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I love this. I just love this piece about like, oh, the only thing that matters is you getting into your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of your life and your business can be generated from that. Yeah. With, with support structures. Yes. All these things. (laughs) Yeah. You actually need that stuff too. You know, I think sometimes when, when women come into feminine work, they're scared. Like, I'm just going to like, wait, I have to just have to throw all of this stuff like out like I, it's, I'm just, what am I going to be? Just like a lounging around gonna, gonna be some floaty, floaty, crazy lady that has yeah. dishes and 20 cats. Right. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's just not the thing. It's like, yeah, you can actually come from your desire. And like you said, like have just like be so in touch with the clarity of your vision and then like surround yourself with whatever masculine structures you need to be held. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then I find that for different people, different mass, different structures work. So Mm -hmm. that's what I get curious about too, after being in businesses and watching business trainings and just learning business, it's like, there's so much strategy out there and strategy is great and systems are great, but they're really secondary to what you want. They need to be used as a tool. Um, and I see a lot of people just take on strategy or take on systems that someone recommended to them who they admire or from a course they took. And it's like, it's not that that thing's bad. It just doesn't work for you. Like, right. Um, oh my God. You fucking hate your emails like that. So like you're contorting yourself to fit this system right. that you think is going to have you be successful. So it's like, I watch a lot of people prioritize the strategy and the systems and then contort themselves to it. But then right. the visionary part totally goes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, I so identify with that. I, um, when I first became a coach, like 
I ran some Facebook ads. <laughs> hey, Facebook ads can be great if you but like I was like them it. for the right I was, thing. <laughs> I was doing it as a strategy mm. because this like, you know, business mentor was like, oh yeah, like you should do it and do it this way. But like, I yeah. didn't actually slow down totally. to let people feel to first get in touch with the thing inside of me in a deep way. Yeah. And then like, let people feel me, you know? Yeah. And so I just, it's just one of those funny things that I look back at from the beginning of my business. I'm like, Oh, Kaylin of 2016. That's cute. You know, we love her. We love her. We, we love, love her. her. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to make it work and be successful and right. do the right thing and have it, have herself get out there and do her homework. I know. Um, yeah. So funny. Yeah. And now I imagine if you were to do, maybe you do Facebook ads, maybe you don't, but if you were to, it's like, you'd probably really get in touch with what really wants to come through, feel really settled in it and then be like, Oh, wonderful. I'd like to get this out further. Right. Let me use this technology to do that. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I'm like, right now I'm like, oh, I'm doing the spiritual work for programs that are launching in like April and May. And, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm just so clear on that. And (laughs) I resisted every time, you know, and I'm like, no, I have like, I, this is like what's required for me to like put something out into the world. So yeah, I know you so get that. Well, um, you know, I, as we start to kind of get towards the end, I, um, Hmm, I would be curious, like what, I I think there are a lot of like entrepreneurs and creatives out there who just feel overwhelmed and feel like creatively blocked. And so for anyone, right. Who might identify with that, who's listening to this, um, what would you want them to hear? Mm. Hmm. I think the first thing is just the really blunt truth of it will all fail if, if that's, what's running it. So I think they're just that off the bat, cause no one's really going to change if they think what they're doing is like working. And so I would say it's working right now, but you're not going to have the resources in you to do it for the long haul. So, and not just like, and not just so like, oh, you can make more money later or something. No, no, no. Like the reason that you're doing your work, like the part of your heart or spirit or being that's like, this is what I want to do. It's not going to get to do what it wants to do because you're going to burn out. Right. And I think without just going, oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Like without that, you're probably not going to change it. Yeah. But with knowing that, then, then the next thing I would say is it's, it's a lot of little adjustments. So yeah, you're not going to change it overnight. That's fine. The, the most helpful things you can do first are get, get two days to yourself where you're not inside of like you, you have your internet off. You're not inside of text messages. You're not inside of emails. You're not, you can't even access your to-do list. So 
For example, once a year, I take myself to a cottage in the woods with no internet. And ironically, I do my business visioning. Um, but I would, and if, even if you can't pull off a whole weekend or two days, like, can you give yourself half a day and not even to try to work on things, but just to get back in you. So in that Mm. half a day, if that's all you can pull off, or ideally like two days, if if you're really, really in the thick of things and you're looking at me, like I'm fucking crazy, honestly, two days is probably what you need. Right. Um, (laughs) And in those two days, do things like eat some of your favorite foods, mm-hmm. go outside, get, go on walks in nature. It sounds pleasant. And like, you'd like to do it. You'd probably just going to go kicking and screaming. That's fine. Um, uh-huh. the aim of those, the, the aim of that time is just to actually let all the static energy of, of the emails and the to do's and everything fall off. So to do this, I recommend actually working harder for a couple of days to close out any cycles that you actually have to close out for your business for you to be able to take this time and, and not actually just have the thought running in the back of your head. That's like, Oh, I truly did fuck up. Like I truly didn't get that client, that proposal. Like, no, no, no. Get the client, the proposal. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, the aim of your time with yourself is just to get to let the static energy run, which nature is really helpful with because it it will absorb it. So that's why even if you're like, I don't want to fucking get out in nature, just get out in, in, in the woods, by the ocean, wherever, because it will absorb it. Um, Eat your favorite foods. um, Like sure you could get a massage, but you could also just lay on the ground or Mm -hmm. even watch some stupid TV, whatever you want that just starts to get you back in your body And then from there, like at the end of the weekend or at the end of your two days, then make a list for yourself of, okay, how can I make changes in my work that are going to get me more time regularly to myself and get me feeling less crazy, but you're not going to be able to make those, you're not going to be able to make that list and actually have it be a good list until you're in your body. And that part of you is speaking. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I, I love this so much. I tell one of my, one of my good friends and coaching besties, I'm like, I would be interested to see what would happen if you went somewhere in nature for like 30 days and just did not speak to anyone. (laughs) Every time I say that, she's like, I don't know, but I'm like, okay, maybe just try two days. Totally. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. It's so, it's so transformative. I I went to the desert for a week last year and did that. And it just, just so I birthed so much out of that. So exactly. If you don't believe me, listen to Kaylin's (laughs) personal experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much for that. What a gift. Um, Well, so uh, if people are listening to this and thinking, hmm, maybe I want to work with this amazing woman who's so deeply connected to the earth, um, (laughs) what would you like to share about your work? Um, I'd like to share that I have a fabulous fun quiz that is called your force of creation quiz. It's free. It's a great way if, if you're like, if you're listening and you you're like, oh, I want to know a little bit more. The quiz will tell you which which kind of, to me, they're forces of creation because they're how the mm-hmm. earth creates herself. But it's like 
different types of volcanoes, different types of erosion, different types of um, under under ocean changes that plate tectonics Whoa. are doing. Um, and so how you create like earth, maybe I should make the quiz how you create like earth right now. It's called force of creation. Um, and you can take that by going to my website, bloomlucid.com bloom, like flower lucid, like lucidity, (laughs) bloomlucid.com. And right away on the, on the homepage, you'll see a link to take the quiz. So that's a really fun way to just jump in. Um, and then if you're someone who I'd say the, the people I work with are women who have started businesses that are, are going their business. They've, they've found some traction, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're hitting that spot where they're starting to burn out. They, they don't, they don't have the ability to take on more with how things are currently set up. Um, and, and they, the, they don't know what to do next. <laughs> That's the spot where I am the most helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Love, love that so much. Um, I'm going to immediately take this quiz. Yes. Tell me what you got. Tell me wildly, what you wildly curious. Um, and thank you so much for your generosity and being here. I just loved this. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.